Welcome to episode 112 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name's Trent. I'm joined by Jason, and we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about this week. We do. It's packed. Yeah, packed with a lot of concerts yes. that we had went to, some music, and our guest this week is Skylar Kroom from He Is Legend. Yes, definitely. So that's very cool. We got a good uh, 25, 30 minute chat with Skylar about their new album that's coming out. And some random other stuff, like Stevie Nicks body parts. You'll find all about that here in a bit. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yes. Well, just right out the gate, last night was Green Day. How was that? Fuck you. Okay. Got that out of the way. Okay. Got that joke out of the way. You know what? I I'm would rather be... Tired. I like Green Day. Okay. Eat a dick. Then why, why didn't you go? Well, I don't like Green Day enough to go to BOK Center and see him and pay... I don't know, 70 bucks, whatever. I don't know. I would have liked to have seen them back in the day at Brady Theater on their warning tour when it was kind of acoustic-y and stuff. But it doesn't matter. I could see that, I guess. I, 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 dig, I dig Green Day. You've always given me shit, and you can always suck a dick for it. <laughs> I like Green Day. Deal with it. Look, here's the deal. I'd rather be punched in the balls <laughs> by Mike Tyson in his prime than have to hear Boulevard of Broken Dreams or When September Ends Live. Uh, or good riddance. That's that's bush glycerin level horrible. You know what? I I don't I don't begrudge you for that. Those aren't what I like to listen to when I think of Green Day. Okay, again. And I probably will never listen to those songs. I had that first. Or the they've first, got a lot of great songs. Yeah, I had that first major label album, Dookie, and I yeah. thought it was good at the time. I guess, but it's and I still realized good. I realized you know there's no there's real punk bands out here, not this radio Jesus Christ pop punk crap. This Blink-182 crap. How did we get off on this tangent? You brought it up, You know what's going on tonight is R. Kelly. Are you going to be at that? Uh, No. No, I won't. Okay. I know you will because you want to get peed on. Yeah, I like to get trapped in the closet. What the fuck, man? Let's get back to... (laughs) Jesus Christ. Hey, you're you're egging it on. You brought it up. This is this right here. This is this is the end of the begin the beginning of the end right here, people. We're we're starting to fight. The cracks are starting to show. Here you go. This is like Guns N' Roses in about 1993. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So keep it up, Trent. Okay. Well, let's just get into something real, some real news, which is Danko Jones just came out with a new album that is phenomenal. Yes, it is. And if you don't follow Danko Jones, I don't know what's wrong with you. I, that's just, I, I can't help you. I don't know. Exactly. It's just rock and roll at its finest. What do you say? It's like ACDC. You know what you're going to get. Danko Jones is the same way in that category. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, it never, it, it never gets stagnant, but it never strays too far from what Danko Jones is about. And you're always going to get punch. You're always going to get groove, and you're always going to get, you know... Attitude. Attitude, and just badass, badassedness. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Wildcat, this new album, that first single, My Little R&R, mm-hmm. is, could be the best song that's come out so far this year, as far yeah. as single-wise goes. But you get into this album, like, Success in Bed... The title track, Going Out Tonight. These are all great tracks. You Are My Woman. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. Yeah. You Are My Woman, which the first time I heard that, I'm like, 
is this a Thin Lizzy song that I don't know about? Is this a cover song? So seriously, when it was over, I Googled it. Yeah. And then I found an article where he was talking about how it was their ode to Thin Lizzy. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. And it's that song is one of those songs that's so good that you're thinking, this lets me know that everything's going to be all right. <laughs> that's right. Like there yeah. could be a terrorist attack right now 20 feet from us. Mm-hmm. But put that the, song and, on. Yeah, and that song plays right after it. Yeah. You know, it's you a, know that the shit's gonna shit's gonna be all right. It, it it's a tumultuous time in our nation's history, but our three friends from the north in Danko Jones, Canada, are gonna are here to let us know it's okay. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why Danko Jones was put on this earth. I, probably. Yeah, I, I've got a couple little Danko Jones notes for you. Okay, I just do want to bring up the time that you know I saw them at Diamond Ballroom in Oklahoma City, and you didn't. Right. And they blew Volbeat off the stage. So okay. Just wanted to, you know, make that jab again. I know. It was phenomenal. They're you, still on my bucket list. They should have been, been there. Place. They've been on my bucket list for like eight years. And also, I want to tell everybody, go look up. I can't remember exactly which album it's on. I'm sorry. But the song Active Volcano is like one of his best fucking songs ever. You will hit repeat on on that like fucking 14 times. It's on Below the Belt. Okay. Well, Which it's still my favorite album by them. That's how I know. Look it up. It is is great, great, great. Like Dynamite is also on that album, yeah, which is that's fantastic a good one too, man. Full yep. of regret. Yeah, had enough. Magic Snake. I that's think right. Bad Thoughts. That whole album. I think. Yeah, I just heard that last night and the end of. Yeah, that's but then the early like. stuff. Night in Satan's service. Yeah, right. <laughs> then the early stuff like First Date, all this. Phenomenal catalog, yeah. but get out and pick up this new album, Wildcat, or download it, whatever you do. Yeah. It's insane. It's yeah. great. It's great rock and roll. Well, speaking of great rock and roll, last week, we've got about four shows here we're going to talk about. Yeah. Each of us hit two of them. And is that right? Yeah. I think so. And, well, the first one we both attended, which was Tesla. Yeah. And this is... You know, I forgot to mention beforehand, this episode's pretty eclectic here. It We've is. got everything from hard rock to, um, we're going to talk about punk. Irish punk yeah. to roots rock, alt country, whatever you want to call it, to heavy metal, to however you want to describe he is legend. Yeah. You know, alt, metalcore, whatever. So yeah, this is pretty eclectic, but hard rock at its finest is what you would describe Tesla as. Yes. They played Tulsa at the Brady Theater, and as usual, they never disappoint. No, I mean it was a, a it was a great set. I mean they were they were on, uh, you know, we were up close. It was just it was a great view. Um, probably probably one of the best times I've seen them. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say about this? I don't know. Well. But I do know <laughs> what it was like the 26th, 27th time for you to see him. 28. Jesus Christ. Way and, to go, Trent. Right? I've never done anything 28 times. I'm a fanboy. What can well, I say? Well, other than like drink beer and fart. But mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> you've got, te- you've got, that's what Tesla you've seen. That's amazing. Well, thanks. Just, yeah. Just saying. I mean, you can't, it's, you know, there's some bands I couldn't see 28 times because it would just bore me. Yeah. You know, I couldn't see. I couldn't see Chevelle for 28 minutes, let alone 28 oh times. Oh, God. But Tesla is one of those bands. You know, they've been one of my favorite bands since I was a kid. 
And, you know, in the last few years, their sets have got kind of repetitive, which is my only gripe. But Yeah, I, I get that. At the same time, I like this stuff enough that I keep going back, so obviously... It, it hasn't turned me away. Yeah. So it's well, you know, I've looked, I've looked up their sets. I haven't seen them obviously as many times. I think that was my eighth time to see them. I think. Okay. And you know, yeah, their sets are a little generic. You know, for my taste, because I'm a dork. But I've, I haven't seen them. I and it's been a few years since I've seen them. So I, I was happy to get anything. You know. Yeah. And you know, little Susie was great. Edison's medicine was great. You know, I really like I really like the opening song MP3. I like that song, so that was uh that was really and it was just great to see that so up close. That's always you know, it never disappoints. Right. Yeah, MP3 is one of the better songs they've put out oh, on, I agree. on their last couple albums. And then they played Save That Goodness, which was the new song that they That's put on right. a live album that Phil Collin co wrote with them. That's just a fantastic song. And that was probably one of the highlights, you know, yeah. just, and I was surprised at, you know, people around me, how many people knew it. So that was good to see. Yeah. And then it's just a, the thing that, one of the things that brings me back is, you know, Jeff Keith has always been one of my favorite vocalists, even though he's not like a world-class, you know, you don't think of him when you think of like Rob Halford or something, yeah. but it's just, I've just always identified with what he does and loved it. But Frank Hannon watching him play guitar can never get old yeah you know i could go 28 more times 28 days in a row and just stare at him and be completely content you know? yeah i mean that guy's a wizard and uh, he really rides that line between uh, a great classic rock guitar player and a shredder he straddles that really good he's got elements of both equally i think and i always really liked how him and dave rude were always changing guitars and every guitar they played was badass and that was just a little added visual extra, you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, in today's technology, you could take a fucking plastic guitar and run it through a badass amp, and it would sound like any kind of guitar. But, you know, just seeing all those different guitars and stuff was really cool. You know, it was, uh, and he, you know, he played the theremin and the Edison's Medicine. It was great. Right. I loved it. Yeah, it was cool that, you know, I've seen a bunch of their headline shows over the last few years, and... This run they're doing now in between, before, you know, running up before these Def Leppard dates that they've been touring with Def Leppard the past couple of years as an opener, which is a good thing for them. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the first time they've up, kind of upped it and they've got screens and, you know, all kinds of crap going on, which they, you know, before have always been one of those no, no frills yeah. rock bands, which is cool. That's one of the things you love about them. And still the screens, it's not a flash, you know, it's still no frills, but it's... Yeah. You know, they're up in the game a little bit, I guess. So anyway. And, yeah. and let's not forget to mention that they, they kind of had a acoustic middle of the set. Oh, that's right. Where they kind of brought the acoustics out and brought a smaller drum kit for Troy to play. Yeah. That was really cool. I like that. Yeah, they did. Coming at you live and trucking just like they did on Five Man yeah. Acoustical Jam. I know what she, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Right. You know. Yeah. Check out Tesla. That's all I'm going to say. That's all you got to say. Well, it's obviously not. I'm gonna say we just talked about it for five minutes. But. <laughs> we're we're getting excited. Sorry. Yeah. So so well, next up, right? The, yeah, the very next night. Okay, let me let me say something before before you say your part. Okay, go ahead. The very next night was Dropkick Murphys and the Interrupters at the Canes Ballroom in Tulsa. Yes. And Dropkick Murphys are another band that's on my bucket list. Yeah. 
and you, you know, give you credit. Even on this podcast, a couple of times you're like, hey, did you get your ticket yet? Did yeah. you get your ticket yet? And I was like, no, but I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw the Canes Barroom make a post on Facebook saying, not many tickets left. We better hurry and get them. So I'm like, all right. So later that day when I was at work, I went to get them and they were sold out. Sold like out. It, there literally weren't many left. And I'm like, okay, I'm not worried. There was still like three weeks till the show. Yeah. And just, I wasn't worried because I just figured it was going to get canceled. <laughs> you know, there's a joke for anyone from around here that knows their last two Oklahoma shows have been canceled, canceled for, for for crazy reasons. Yep, storms and then some guy jumping in front of their bus. And right. anyways, well, look it up, yeah. Leading up to it, uh, you know, even the couple of days leading up to it, I would find people selling tickets and contact them, and I was too late. So I'm just like, well, I'm going to let it go. This is, I'll see them eventually. But they're just one of those bands that was kind of like Alice Cooper was up until last year. That just every time they came, something happened. Yeah. Or something, it just kept eluding me because I was out of town or I had some kind of conflict. And yeah. Dropkick Murphys have always been that way. And there you go. I still haven't seen them. But you have. You've seen them many times. Yes. So let's hear about it. Um, well, I, I've seen them many times. Uh. What, six, seven years ago, went to Boston two years in a row to see their St. Patrick's Day shows. Uh, saw them like five shows in a row the first year, and then the second year only saw like three, but it was insane, you know. But, I mean, it was just a, it, it was a great night. It was sold out, packed. I mean, you couldn't move. I mean, unless you were just going to hang out in the back. I mean, there was no, <clears throat> and every, no one would stay still. Everyone was you know, bumping into you, trying to get up front, trying to get in the back. It was chaos. It was ridiculous. But in any case, uh, Blood or Whiskey opened up, and they're from Dublin, and they've kind of got that punk sound, but they're more of a flogging molly. They've got more acoustic kind of thing going, you know. And then um, the direct support is the Interrupters, which I've championed many times on this podcast and just in, you know, normal everyday life. Um, you know, I, I was listening to the Tim Timebaum show on Sirius a few years ago and he played them and I've loved them ever since they're, they've got like a, a punk ska kind of thing and they're real, they're real professional and real rehearsed and professional. I just said professional <laughs> polished. I meant, and it's just, uh, you know, I love their message, you know, it's just kind of anti-establishment coming together kind of thing. And, uh, I was, I was stoked to finally get to see him. I mean, they, they lived up to everything I wanted to see in their live show. You know, um, Amy Interrupter was all over the place and she's, you know, tough and she's got a tough voice and, you know, she was all smiles. And I mean, it was just, uh, and I, I've got to give credit to the rest of the guys in the Interrupters who are all brothers, um, you know, to, to jump around like that and to have all those backing vocals that sound like the record, you know, especially the bass player. He's doing all those walking ska bass lines oh, yeah. and jumping around and singing at the same time. And it all sounds flawless. I was just super impressed. I was so glad I got to see these guys live. I told you they were like the jackal of punk music. You know, <laughs> they sound just like their record. They sound so good. It was insane, you know? It was like you put on their CD, 
you know. And so I was just really impressed and really happy to see them. And uh, then Dropkick Murphys, and I mean, it was, what can you say? It was great. I mean, they come on in a, a whole sea of green light, and uh, I mean, it, and they just, they killed it. And, you know, they, they just come out swinging right from the start. You know, they're all all over the stage. I mean, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, they did a cover of uh, <clears throat> You're Just What I Needed by The Cars. Wow. Which was awesome. I, when they started it, wow. I was like, are they really doing this? But then I thought, yep, they're doing this. And it ended up, it ended so, up pretty cool. So how... I mean, how did they do it? I mean, I assume they did it in their own style, or did they? Yeah, I mean, they, was it fairly close to the original? It was close, as in like tempo and stuff. I mean, obviously the guitars were heavier, but I mean, um, I mean, as in the format and the tempo and the style, they they did it just the same way the original. It just sounded a little heavier because the guitars were louder, were louder and everything, you know. I'm gonna have to look that up on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, they opened up with The Boys Are Back, which they've opened up with that for quite a while. Yeah. But, you know, they, they did old stuff, Barroom Hero, and, you know, of course they did Shipping Up to Boston. They did a ton of new stuff from the 11 Short Stories of Painting Glory album. Um, and then uh, I got to say, you know... Did they we, do Rose Tattoo? Yes, they did Rose nice. Tattoo. Yes. And um, I've got to say for sure... You know, when everyone talks about Dropkick Murphys, it's I'm shipping up to Boston. It's, it's you know, Al Barr, Ken Casey. But I got to give it up to Tim Brennan and Jeff DeRosa, which are the two kind of multi-instrumentalist guys, you know. Yeah. Because there's no, it doesn't seem like there's any kind of set thing. And their sets are different every night if you look it up. So they don't know, you don't know if, you, you know, they've got to go grab an accordion or go grab a banjo or go grab a guitar. Or one of them has to jump on a piano or something. And, I mean, they just do it so just seamlessly. And, uh, and you know, it's like those guys must get the ultimate workout, you know. And uh, j- just and you know, to, to keep all that in your head and know each part and know each instrument, uh, it's just, you know, pretty impressive. Yeah. And then I think the, the, the one highlight of it was when they did Dirty Glass, they, they decided... You know, let's have some Dropkick Murphys karaoke. And they brought up some girl from the audience and uh, to sing the female parts of that song. And this must have been the biggest fucking Dropkick Murphys fan in the world because she knew every fucking word. She was going nuts. She even sang over Ken Casey. You know, <laughs> she knew all his parts. So he just kind of laughed and stopped and let her sing. But God bless her. She was tone deaf as hell. <laughs> she couldn't sing at all. But and he even said, he goes, Well, what you made up and you know, what you lack in talent you made up for in enthusiasm, honey. Because <laughs> <laughs> she sounded terrible. That's... But at the same time it was great because she was so into it and she knew every fucking word, you know? Yeah. But anyways, that that was uh That was that show. Really glad I went. It was a uh, super fun time. So sorry if I got a little long winded there. No, that's what we need. <laughs> well, the following night, I saw Sunvolt in Little yeah. Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've i seen them now. That was the four, fifth time in the past three or four years. Do, do you count the Guthrie Green one? Yeah, I think I counted okay. that in that. Cause, this is two of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
two of them at that point. That yeah. guy's not there anymore. So. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> well, because Sunvolt's always been, not always, but after the first couple of albums, they've been kind of a rotating cast of characters. Okay. Outside of Jay Farrar, obviously. Yeah. And I think he kind of tailors it to whatever whatever he's doing at that time because mm -hmm. that's always changing as well, which is one of the things I really love about this band. Yeah. Which I, you know, when they first kind of came out and got known with that album Trace because of Drown, mm -hmm. basically, being a radio hit, you know, I really dug him, but then, like a lot of people, I think, I kind of lost track of him for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, and, I was going to ask how you got kind of got back into him. Well, the way I got back into him was in 2000. I think it was 13, maybe. I went to Bill Street Music Fest in Memphis. Okay. Yeah. And they were one of the bands. <clears throat> and when I saw that on the list, I'm like, I'm not going to miss this. I never saw them back then. I really dug them. Just that kind of thing. So got over there, saw them, and just absolutely loved there it. And then kind of looked up the stuff that's came out, you know, in the past few years and all okay. that. And then he had this album come out called Honky Tonk about three years ago and it's pretty much what it sounds like it's like it's not like a honky-tonk like barroom country album but it's yeah for sunvolt it's as close to country as it's going to get because they're already you'd already consider them kind of an alt country or mm -hmm. roots rock band yeah and it's just like straight up clean there's no there was no rock to it but it's a a, a great album and I saw him on that tour besides the Guthrie Green thing. Okay. You know, two other times. Yeah. Well, three times, I guess, if you count the Memphis, but I think that was before the album came out. But anyway, so he's playing tons of that stuff, tons of the slower stuff. So it was more of this laid back thing. And that's great. You know, he's a master at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, now this new album just came out a couple weeks ago and. It's back to sounding like Trace. Okay. The first album and the early stuff where it had the the rock vibe to it. And this was probably my favorite show. I've seen him just because I lean towards that stuff. Yeah. You know, I love the slower stuff as well, but the rock stuff's really what I grasped onto early on. And this set list was 20, it was either 25 or 26 songs. Damn. But they're Sunvolt songs. So it's like a rancid show, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not that short, but close. They're like, <laughs> it was at like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. And that was, you know, because all their songs are three minutes, four minutes at the most. Mm -hmm. And he talks during the songs, like, if you think of Phil and Selma, think of the, think of the exact opposite. Yeah. You know, you get like <laughs> seven words instead of 7,000 words. <laughs> nice. So it's just bam, bam, bam. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, yeah, all the stuff, it was it was heavy on the new album, heavy on Trace, and then heavy on the stuff in between there that had more of a rock vibe. And then there was a part in the middle, kind of like you talked about with Tesla, where he pulled out the acoustic and the harmonica, and there's probably three or four songs well, that's with cool. that. And then the rest of the time, it was all rocking and people bobbing their head. And, you know, he played like, you know, obviously Drown and Windfall and Catching On and Root from the from trace and okay. the new stuff from the new album like lost souls and midnight and all the stuff that's rocking and so it was just really cool to get that experience i think you know to see this band more rock centric yeah than a lot of people are probably used to lately 
Nice. And nice. The, but the, you know, from the lineup that he had with the honky tonk stuff, he had this guy Mike Spencer playing steel guitar, which was kick ass, and he's he was still there. So he was playing steel guitar, piano, and third guitar at times. He's and, busy too. Yeah, and then they had the bass player was a guy that was in the band for quite a while and has been gone for quite a while and he came back. And then I think the other two guys, the drummer and the lead guitarist were, were newer guys. But then at the end he played a, an uncle Tupelo song in the encore, which I don't think is that common. Yeah. And because everybody started going nuts and I didn't even know the song. Yeah. And so I looked it up after the fact. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why all these geeks are going, <laughs> that's why all these geeks are going nuts. <laughs> It'd they're be not like, geeks. They're just hardcore, Trent. <laughs> hey, I can say that because, you know, we're that way that's, for... Yeah, that's exactly. You know, if, if <laughs> Tesla had played, you know, Shine Away, we would have been geeks going nuts while everybody else around us would be like, what the hell is this? I would have peed myself. Right. R. Kelly would have came earlier. <laughs> right. Well, next up, I believe last Saturday night. Yes. I was out of town. Yes. But you were able to make it to... The downtown lounge. Yeah, with the downtown lounge and saw Less Than Human and Fist of Rage. And what a show that was. Um, Less Than Human. You know, we uh, seen Less Than Human a couple times. But, like, one time I saw them, it was opening for Trivium and got there kind of late. And only kind of got to see one song and we were way in the back. And anyways, this is my first, you know, full frontal less than human experience and i was blown away i mean the intensity and just the the showmanship of this band uh you know uh, chase and colton uh the brothers are just i mean they're they're a they're a great fucking team to watch Uh, the whole band you know each each person adds something i mean it, it was just intense and it was just kind of like a it was a, a party vibe, but not like a corny, you know, poison party vibe. It was like badass fucking metal. And I mean, I don't know. That sounds corny, my description, because they're way better than that. But I mean, it was just like it was just like one of those, um, you know, and they, they had such a draw and, and people knew the words. And, and it was so that was just so impressive to see. And, you know, you felt like. You felt like it was a, you know, these guys are going somewhere. This There's something bubbling here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they had such a great vibe, and, and it was like, you know, something could just, their show, their set was like something something could just explode at any minute, you know? It was so cool. And, uh, and what's awesome about that is that they're all really young still, too. Yeah, I mean, the, the sky is the limit for these guys, seriously. Um, you know, and they were just super professional. Um, you know, it uh, was their dad's birthday, so they brought him on stage and oh, nice. Yeah. And it was just, uh, it was so fucking cool. I mean, they, they just really set just a, a, a positive vibe, you know, and, um, you know, for fist of rage and fist of rage came on and they did an extended set, you know, and man, it was just. They did like every song under the sun and, and they were just, they were on and, you know, that really set a good, you know, uh, feel good kind of vibe, you know, and, uh, 
the less than human guys were up there on the front of the stage just jamming out and <clears throat> which is know, always good to see. Yeah, it's that's that's exactly what you want, you know. You want everybody, you know, together and supporting each other and you know, everybody had fun and you know, Andy the singer had on a hat with little uh plush uh turd poo things <laughs> that like were stuck to his hat with velcro and He'd throw it out, and he'd, like, throw it back and try to get it stuck on his head, you know? <laughs> nice. Because, you know, that's what Andy does. Right. And, uh, I mean, uh, it was just such... And, you know, and then that's also the cool thing about him is he does all this goofy stuff, but at the same time, he's just such a badass singer, you know? And, uh, you know, Paulette held it down. I mean, just, you know, Josh and V-Man. It was just, it was just a great fucking set. Um, and you know, they, you know, drinks were had and the night went on and they played more and more and they brought up some of the less than human guys and it was just such a fun vibe. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great way to kind of, you know, start off saying goodbye to downtown lounge, you know, it was a good kickoff. And, uh, I hope the rest of the shows at that venue are are as good as that one was, you know, it was, uh, it was such a fun night. Yeah, they're kind of, you know, like I mentioned with Dropkick and Alice Cooper up until recently, less than humans like my local equivalent of that. Yeah. And along with Oklahoma it's <laughs> like it just keeps eluding me somehow. I, I mean, I was with you at that Trivium show where I saw one song, so I don't really count that as yeah. getting to see them. But oh, uh, you got to you got to see these guys. Yeah, I know that the time will come again soon. Yeah. And but, speaking of Speaking of that, I know they're they're friends with the the Mister Rogers. Um, I'm gonna blow this. I was like in a hurry. Mister Rogers intergalactic sexual experience. That's right. Emrise. That's all you gotta think. <laughs> right. With our buddy Trevor in Dakota. Yes. Um, they're they're playing. I need to look at the date. We'll say it again before it comes time. But it's in April. They're playing their final show. That's they, so good. They announced that yesterday. But you know maybe. Maybe they'll reunite someday. One can only hope. Yeah. But yeah, go back and look for that episode. Anyway, that's, anyway. you know, a random throw in there for you. <laughs> well, we need to get into this. Before we do, let's play some music. I was about to say, we got a song to play, don't we? Yeah. That's what people have been waiting for. Yeah. You want some music so we can shut up for a bit? <laughs> Your ears can cleanse by this beautiful music from Modern Myth. This song's called Atrophy. Fighting me Shake me 
from Modern Myth out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Great song. Great guys. We've actually known these guys for quite a while. They used to be in a band called the Don Armada. Yes. Or three of the five guys did. That's right. Jake, the drummer, Johnny, the lead guitarist, and Aaron, the singer. So it's very cool to see them back with a new band making music. And I mean, this this song is badass. I know you you said it was, you know, the production's slick. It's Yeah. It it's, sounds amazing. Yeah. That's kind of what you want. Yeah. High quality, and they've got a teaser up for a second song coming called Glow. Yes. Which sounds just as great, maybe even a little heavier. So we're looking forward to hearing that as well. You can you can find Atrophy on YouTube. There's a video up for it. There's also It's also on Spotify. Just get on Facebook and look them up. Modern Myth is all one word. Yes. Follow them and like them. Be on the lookout for these guys, because... You know, they've, they've got a great sound, and it's the type of thing that can take them places, and I hope That's it right. does. That's right. Speaking of modern myth, they opened up for He Is Legend. Exactly. At the downtown lounge. And here we are. Like you mentioned with the Fist of Rage show, you know, it was a good kickoff to this month. Exactly. Downtown lounge is unfortunately closing its doors towards the end of the month, so they've got a lot of shows coming this month, and He Is Legend came back through. They've played there before. It's so very cool to have him back here in this final month, and we had the opportunity to talk to Skyler for 
for quite a little bit outside, you know, before the show. This is a pretty good conversation, pretty varied, uh, and uh, it was, you know, uh, pretty cool to get his insight on some stuff, so roll it. Skylar Kroom from He Is Legend. How's this run going so far? It's cool. This is like a little, just a little run to get out to Norma Jean. Right. Uh, starts in Portland, so we're just on the way. Got that big long haul tonight to Salt Lake. Got a day to do it though. So. Is that show tomorrow night? No, no, no. Okay, we got so a got day off tomorrow. Off. So. Okay. But it's still a fucking pisser of a drive, man. It's like 18 hours, yeah. and we're in that RV, so it's like. Just, it's a you gotta go slow and steady. Yeah, definitely. whipping us all around today with this wind. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. What's the longest run you've ever done in one day? I mean, we had a we drove from Seattle back home one time, it's like sixty nine hours, something like that. Yeah. And we did it straight, just stopped for gas. Uh, that was in our, our our younger days when we were not afraid to cram like eight dudes in a in a 15 passenger van you know right. three people sleeping on the floor underneath the benches <laughs> those days are long gone yeah that probably got pretty smelly <laughs> yeah few comes out here at the end of April and we've got two singles so far sure does. are they uh, are those two songs a good indicator of what this album's gonna sound like I think it I think it's a pretty good indicator um, they're kind of the juxtaposition of you know I think he as legends always had songs on the album that could be like where we go or never go again. So I think these are two like kind of mainstay sounds that we have. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a it's a soundscape I would say. We you know first record that we really I mean had to or we were able to take our time and like you know really work on it and hone in what we do and uh it was a great process you know with the crowdfunding campaign and everything it just like went off without a hitch so we're pretty stoked about the whole thing you know when you listen to this and in your back catalog and how do you think it sits you know in i think it's got a a little of all of it you know i mean I, i think that's kind of where we were going it's a little darker um but i think it has a kind of a class. I mean, there's some some of the heaviest stuff we've ever done is on this record. Some of like, you know, there's very, some very delicate parts to it. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say it. I say it has a really good mix of most of what we do, what our sound has been over the years. You know, I think fans expect us to change a little bit in between each album. Um, it's just kind of been organic. But this is definitely. Uh, it's got this. He is legend stamp on it, you know. Like, I'm, we're really proud of it. Stoked that people were finally getting to hear tracks and stuff. You know? What was the when you write and everything? Is it a conscious effort to make it sound like something, 
or is it just like you said organic and no, it's pretty very, stuff is everything always organic it's very organic mainly pardon me I got a light um, me and Adam the way that we kind of bounce around each other sonically I think he, you know he comes in with the majority of the the song kind of fleshed out in his head um which is uh it's just that's it's been that way since we were very young kids and uh we've just gotten better at that you know like the adaptation of how our sound moves and how you know structurally how we place ourselves on on record you know it's like um i think we've only gotten better with age at, at doing that and working together like that and, and Got, we definitely have our recording process down to like a science, you know. Um, so it, in that respect, we just, you know, it's just like second nature to us to go in and, and get, you know, everything kind of laid out the way that we want it. We do a pretty good job before we hit the studio knowing what's going on the record rather than having to flesh it out in the studio. So it works out nicely. But yeah, I mean, this... this Recording at the at Warrior Sound where we have done the last two records before this, um, it's just like home to us now, you know. So we work well with the our producer Al owns the place. Um, so yeah, it's just like it's nice being up there in the country and you know just chilling out, and putting down tracks. It's great. Well, I was going to ask this question later, but you kind of touched on it now. I mean, with the diversity of you know, you guys can do all kinds of different stuff but it's still he is legend I mean is anything off limits or are you just open to anything like is there something like ah, oh, that's not us or you just do it anyways I mean I think I think that any artist like if you if something comes out of you it's you know of course if it if it you know say we wanted to start making like electronic music it would probably be deemed a different name or title or you know um but with us, I think our sound is so dialed in that we just know what we're going to get out of it. Um, not that we would ever say like no to one thing or another, and we've dabbled in, in that world a little bit, but I think with us just being a like pretty straightforward rock and roll band, you know, like just, you know, like relying strictly on, on the talents of each other. Uh, and, you know, I owe like our my entire career to that and you know vice versa that we together have been he is legend for this long and to continue that work like i don't i don't i don't think that we would say no to doing like an acoustic album if we wanted to but that's just not something it's not this is not territory that we go you know delve into not that we we're against any one thing it's just like when we get together we're thrashing you know so whatever comes out comes out you, know, you can't say no to it <laughs> well, you mentioned the crowdfunding thing, and that went off without a hitch. Mm -hmm. You went over your goal and everything. So, is that obviously something you would say is a great experience? And I would suggest other bands and that kind of thing. I think that if you have if you have the fan base to do it, or if you have the you know if you have a goal in mind, or you know that you can you can reach and it's obtainable, I think that it, all bands should do it. You know. Um, maybe some bands have better relationships with their record labels and then they don't wouldn't have to do it we were at a point where we were 
at our option with our record label and and we decided that it was you know time to try to see what we could do on our own and i think that was kind of where doing this independently started and then it just so happened that our friends from spine farm asked us you know we had kind of overlooked the whole like how do we get it into everyone's hands you know how do we have a worldwide release date how do we do you know and that would have put the budget like astronomically just trying to like put it out there so it would it would have eventually been it would have come out and it would have just been word of mouth like and we could have gone that route but it you know it made more sense to have a release date and you know like a push for once you know like a like a good solid push out there um and we were happy you know darren we've known darren from spine farm for a long time and he's you know every time we play in the city he comes and we shoot the shit and it's been you know years now and it just so happened that we ended up at this particular crossroads where we had no label and had a record and it hadn't been put out yet so it was kind of like a just a no-brainer yeah so we went with it and you know we're just riding the snake now you know just <laughs> waiting for it to come out and see what happens and like you know how 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 far we can take it it's, it's how we've always done it you know if you put too much thought into it or too much worry into it I think you kind of lose sight along the way of like what's important which is doing this you know coming out and playing and being with the kids you know yeah. Yeah. how many uh, how many new songs are you sticking in the set tonight um we've been doing the one um sand that dropped oh two weeks ago a week ago now um we throw in the one we just dropped last night air raid um we throw that in every now and then we might play it kind of depends on how we're feeling the crowd switch up the set every now and then you know keep things interesting but we're definitely going to play one yeah. or two maybe nice yes yeah. nice. and and how is that making the set after you've got a few albums and uh you know everyone probably has their favorites and whatnot yeah we i mean we try to we try to throw stuff in there off of most every album you know we're not playing anything off of like our our first ep or anything like that yeah. but i mean we we've been known to do that as well on occasion but uh yeah we we keep it pretty you know all over the place and throw some curveballs and it's uh it ends up being i mean this is the sixth show it's and they've been pretty awesome like the kids have been really digging it so cool. we've been stoked about it yeah yeah it's been working out i noticed one of the options on the crowdfund deal was a lifetime guest list band yeah and i thought that was a cool idea i've looked at every time a band does that i was looking what the options are and i've never seen that yeah we were <laughs> we were sworn you know at first you you wonder if it's kind of a like a risky move to to do a crowdfunding site and i understand where a lot of bands kind of you know there's you know some diy like punk bands who frown upon it i'm sure and a lot of bands that are probably against it and i totally understand the reasons why but for a band like us that you know like we didn't want to downgrade in our sound or the amount of time we have to record or anything like that so we basically just took the budget that we had before with tragic hero and took the amount of money it would cost to make you know all of these perks or whatever and and just kind of we were really meticulous about the numbers and then you know it costs what it costs and luckily our fans are you know we we have developed like a cult following over the years to where our fans
and and you know like that was the most humbling thing about it because we had no idea what to expect and we chose the option to like all or nothing like if you don't meet your goal you get no money so it was a nerve-wracking 30 days but it was also a humbling experience to just see the kids come out of the woodwork and just say I've been with you since high school like we're gonna you know we're gonna continue to push this car up the hill you know and now we're like coasting down with this you know immense speed and people were the response has been overwhelming recently just like now the songs are finally coming out and we're hitting the road again really hard so it's been it's been great you know we couldn't ask for more I gotta say the lifetime thing is probably one of the best one of the best perks I've seen in these that's I mean, it's a great idea. It offers a <laughs> chance to like you know make a make an actual friend out yeah. of you know like yeah. your your band and, and you know I mean what is it that's that's a you know it, it helped us out a lot and then we have people that you know just holler at us and then we're coming through the show and then we hang out and kick it you know it's like yeah. it's a cool thing yeah but yeah I mean we we looked through we kind of picked apart like what bands did what thing and saw some options that we thought were kind of silly and we were like we're not going to go that route and um, wanted to stick with like a way to kind of promote local artists and promote like kind of a unity vibe you know where we're just like throwing some yeah um, like just promote our friends who you know do handmade craft like you know like artisanship so we had like the smoking jacket from a company that in our hometown and um, a jewelry designer that we know made a like a necklace after one of mine and um, you know just things like that where we're like promoting other other artists as well I thought it was the best way to go about it and give them a little bit of you know like just kind of so people could make the connection you know of where we come from and who's been there along the way but yeah it was it ended up being like I think one of the best decisions that we could have made over that amount of time we knew we were going to make another record there were plenty of options of how to, to get it done and that was one of the more risky options but we you know we just went for it I, I'm we're all elated at the, the outcome it's been great well if there's a month and a half left until the album comes out are you going to release more yeah we're more probably probably one or two more I would I would I'd like to see one or two more come out we um trying to trying to do it strategically you know we we're out with Norma Jean for about a month and then the album drops the day we get to Europe so we'll be I think at the first shows in Germany or something like that when the when the album comes out so that'll be an interesting thing to watch um it's uh yeah, it'll be the first time that anything like that's happened for us. Usually we're, like, in the middle of nowhere, you know, like, a day off when our album drops. So it'll be cool to be traveling and see it happen across the pond, I guess, as it were. If you've been working on this for well over a year, like, what's that, this last final stretch like waiting for it to get out? I mean, we're ready to make another record, you know, like... <laughs> It's like, it feels like it's time for us to like get back in the studio because it's been, I mean, you know, there was a, there was a lot of, not necessarily red tape, but without a record label at first, really just going on your own, you know, like what you have that you can work out on your own. So it's, uh, 
it just it ended up being sometimes arduous, but it was necessary to get the job done, you know. And uh, we we started recording at the around middle or whatever December, and um, so we took had to take breaks for the holidays, and you know, um, coming back and forth, it's like a two hour drive from our hometown to where we record. So, you know, if it got stressful, we'd back off and you know come back to it you know a day later or whatever it's it's nice to record near home um but yeah now at this point it's just been a waiting game of like you know you wait for it to come out and you've heard it a million times and you just want you know you want everybody to to have it you know um but yeah i mean we've been home writing new stuff and trying you know just having it untucked away (laughs) just ready for the next one but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely this last stretch, you know. This I'm glad that we're on the road to kind of take our mind off of it because if we were just sitting around tapping our feet, like yeah. I lose it. Yeah. But what do you do? Do you do pre-show warm-ups, vocal warm-ups? Bourbon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that would do. Yeah, it. that's uh, I stamp out of my my buddy Josh Moore who actually sang on on this album he did a did a guest spot on one of these songs um when we were on tour together he used to sing for a band called beloved way back in the day we were on the same label um he used to come to me he's like man you don't ever do anything to warm up your voice man he's like you just stamp out a cigarette and take a nip from the bottle and walk on stage he's like he's like i respect that i respect that i mean i really haven't i'm never really done any sort of warming up other than just running my mouth you know like, 99% of the job is just getting up there. Is there any artist you've been listening to lately that like had any influence on this album writing wise? Um, I just told this story recently. Um, the day that I started vocals, started recording the vocals uh, was the day after David Bowie died. So it was like I, I was sitting in my car like downtown Carborough just like sitting there waiting to get ready to go to the studio and I like pulled over for coffee and I like called my called my mom or my mom actually called me to check on me you know like because she knew that David Bowie was huge when I was a little kid like one of my favorite like the labyrinth and, and all of that and then just she knew that that was he was my guy for the longest time and my my mother would never like think to call me about a, an artist you know like that passes away and so it was it was definitely strange that she I mean not since like Nirvana you know like like when I was a wee lad did she know like oh wow but like she called me and she's like are you okay like are you, you know was, I know I heard David Bowie died I'm sorry I just wanted to tell you I'm sorry and I was like man that's crazy that like, my mom like knew that it affected me but um, but yeah, that was the day I started. So subconsciously, I think that I had him on my brain because I was jamming that new record constantly. And it was also very weird because me and Denny, our second guitar player, were at the studio, and I I pre-ordered the record when he was still alive. And I was we went to go see the Hateful Eight and Seventy Millimeter, um, one of the only theaters in North Carolina that did it there. So we were on the way, and I had pre-ordered the that album and got the song like the first single 
came with the pre-order on iTunes or whatever, and we listened to it, and it was just it was so eerie and so great, and we were just like, man, this is so good. And then I went back home because I had to work at I work at a bar, and uh, went back home and was playing the album when I got like the notification on my phone, and I shut the bar down, and I was like. Everybody get a last call. It's gonna be a little early because David Bowie just died, and then like everybody gasps, and and then like I put on the album. I was like, "This is his new record. Go buy it right now. Go home, get a drink, and I'm gonna sit here and not work anymore." It's just yeah. like then the next day I drove up to start vocals. So I think like I mean, not that, not that you would ever hear my Bowie influence on this record, mate, or absolutely would. I'm not. I didn't do it consciously, but I'm sure subconsciously it wore off of me a little bit because I was, you know, I was, I definitely mourned that for a while. Um, but yeah, as far as new artists, uh, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I listen to a lot of pop music. I, you know, we listen to a lot of, a lot of like hip hop and stuff in the, in the band. Um, I really love Future. I think he's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as rock and roll is concerned, like there's not too much. I mean, the new Stones album is killer. I mean, it it like blew my mind when that came out. Um, I like that new Ryan Adams a lot. He's he's a North Carolina boy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I we we delve into everything. I I know a lot of people hate on Spotify a lot, but it really is a great tool for learning about music, you know, like, I mean, I, I learn about artists constantly from using that, the, you know, streaming music, you can't really hate on it too much, I mean, but, yeah, it's, uh, off the top of my head, there's nothing that's, like, really, like, shot at me and, like, stuck with me very long, other than, like, there's this band called Policia, um, the chick singer, real, like, uh, airy vocals, I love it. Um, her, their new album, I think it's called United Crushers. It's really good. And uh, yeah, like I like this is great. It's just got that home, hometown kind of feel for me because I grew up in this whiskey town and followed all his albums that he done. Here and stuff like that. All those bands that make those resurgences, too, you know, like like the Deftones will always be one of those bands for us. We just slammed that new Nickelback single too the other day. I know this place got a no Nickelback policy yeah. on the jukebox, but that new Nickelback single is heavy, man. It's it's got some 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 girth to it. I have not heard it. It's heavy. It actually is. It, I mean, I'm not gonna hate on Nickelback. I refuse to do it right now. It is. I like this. I like that song. The new Corn song is heavy as shit. Yeah. But yeah, we do that. I mean, we try to do that at least once a week just you know when new music drops just to like give it all a spin you know just the way we have always done with bands like handing you their demos you know like fucking listen to it you know like give it a give it a shot at least you know you never know what you're gonna hear well I'm gonna have to listen to Nickelback song you're gonna have to listen to Nickelback song that's all there is to it you're gonna have to do it right now we're gonna go in and put it on that jukebox they're gonna see if they'll skip it yeah they will. I've seen them do it. Yep. People yep. test them out. Yeah. Seen them do it. <laughs> I wonder awesome. if it's got it on there. If it does, I'll play it right now. <laughs>
It is a solid song. It's a it's a good riff, man. You know, I mean, because they did that when they first came out. Like I, we don't hate on new metal, man. I, we grew up on Seven Dust and Slipknot yeah. and fucking. I saw Power Man Five Thousand like seven times when I was, yeah. you know, first got my license. Yeah. But like, you know, you got to give all those bands a chance. I mean, we still blast Slipknot like on the daily. Just you know. I saw a thing going around today that apparently Nickelback covered Sad But True in a concert recently. Really? Everybody's talking about how amazing it sounded. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I don't doubt yet, it. <laughs> Why wouldn't it? I mean... Yeah, like, if you're hating on Nickelback, you need to listen to this. Yeah. I just saw Metallica doing, like, one of my favorite Stooges song, uh, TV uh, Eyes. Yeah, I saw that. I, I haven't watched it yet. Iggy. I saw that. Yeah, yeah dude. It, out. Yeah. it was killer. Yeah. It was killer. And I guess they were in Mexico City or whatever. But, I mean, Iggy yeah. Pop's immortal. Yeah. It's like him and Tom Waits are, like, two of the coolest dudes on the planet, man. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like... I'm a huge, uh, we're all pretty big Metallica fans, and it's, seeing that today, I was just like, damn, because I've been, gen- like, a, recently, like, TVI's been just, yeah. I've been putting it on playlists and stuff, because it's such a, such a banger, <laughs> but yeah, it was cool to see them do that. Yeah. I finally saw Iggy Pop live two years ago. That's really? Right, first, yeah. yeah, we saw him. Was, was that with Queens as his backing band, or was that before that no, all went down? Before that, it was, uh... Riot Fest 2015. It was just a okay. pop. It was great though. Didn't who didn't Danzig play this Riot Fest this year? Yeah, with well, the yeah. Mis- the Misfits yeah, with Danzig. Danzig. Yeah, yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Man, that would have been something else. Yeah, been. <laughs> yeah, we blasted Danzig three the other night on the way on their way into Nashville. I think it was that when the gods, how the gods kill man. That song is so killer. <laughs> Well, so are you a fan of hardwired self-destruct? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, you know, gotta give those it's dudes like credit. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, I mean, it's so cool because they have this militant fan base that yeah. every band dreams of, and you know, like we were just talking about it earlier today. Like their their resume is miles long. Like I mean, you know, like what other band has played in Antarctica? still pull off what they do and they're you know like it's just great man that's 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 something to strive for you know who's playing over here tonight stevie nicks yeah you think yeah. that'll draw away your fan base i'm like? hoping she comes i'm hoping she <laughs> yeah. comes to get a miller high life with yeah. me yeah <laughs> i saw her just a few months ago it was amazing yeah i mean dude I used to, my mama tells a story about how I used to cry every time her voice would come on the radio. I just like something about it. I couldn't stand it when I was a baby, and it used to make me cry. Wow. Now it, it does it for the right reasons. The good, yeah, right. Like Dreams is. I mean, Rumors is one of the best albums of all time. And I mean, you know the the what it was the one that they did at Sound Studios. Um, the first one, Buckingham and Nicks. Yeah. Yeah. That first album that they did together was killer. Uh, Stevie Nicks, man. Why does she, I want her to come up. Somebody needs to go tell her about this shit. Yeah. She would dig it. She would. She'd come in and she would probably dig it. Anybody that used to make people blow cocaine in their buttholes probably <laughs> going to enjoy a He Is Legend show. Yeah. Got That's your name on shirt. Yeah. Oh, man. Cool, man. Well, we appreciate your time. Yeah, thank yeah, y'all, thanks. man. Nice yeah, talking to y'all. Awesome, too. There you go, Skylar Kroom, lead vocalist for He Is Legend. Thank you very much to him for taking the time out to do that. 
And thank you to Katie Irizarry from Freeman Promotions for setting that up. Thank you to you for listening. Be on the lookout for this new album, Few. It comes out April 28th, so here in about a month and a half. And judging off those first two songs, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a face melter. Because it's like, you know, this band, like how would you, if someone said, what's he as legend, how would you describe it? I'm putting you on a spot with that. I would literally <laughs> just say rock music, hard rock music. That's a good thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, th- th- you can't, I, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to, you know, shortchange them by saying, oh, they're this and they're this and giving you some little obscure subgenre. Right. Because, I mean, they, they, they do so much, they, they do all this different stuff. But like he says, you know, they still keep it like, you know, he is legend. Uh, it's still them. And uh, that's hard to do. That's yeah. real hard to do. So uh, they're pulling it off and, you know, uh, just rock and roll, hard rock, whatever. You'd call it a subgenre of diverse hard rock. Okay, there you go. Started by Faith No More <laughs> and finished by He Is Legend. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> you just you just made up a genre. Right. And hope so, you're, I hope you're happy. Yeah. Sometimes we bitch about genres, but I use them all the time. So what am I yeah, going to say? Yeah, true. So now we need to make this t-shirt to send to Skylar that he mentioned about the the Stevie Nicks <laughs> Coke thing. <laughs> you're probably you're probably actually going to do it, aren't you? I am going to do that. Yes. It needs nice. to be done. <laughs> <clears throat> well, we appreciate you listening. If this is your first time listening, you can find us at thethunderunderground.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, which we never use. <laughs> all that great stuff. And if you're listening on 102.7 WSNR, we appreciate it as well. You can find us on SoundCloud. If you're listening on SoundCloud, hit up WSNR. It's 1027WSNR.com. They play music 24-7, and they play podcast at night. We're on every Monday night, 7 p.m. Central. We appreciate them having us on as one of their shows. And look forward to being a part of that for quite a while. Always. We're on SoundCloud.com backslash Thunderdash Underground. 111 previous episodes. The episode right before this, here's a note for you. You already know. Obviously, okay. it was Driver, Mike, and the new singer, Eddie. Well, towards the end of that, you hear a clip where they're talking about the cheap-ass tripod that, you know, we had on the expensive device exactly well when i got home that night and set it on the table it fell apart it did completely like into like eight pieces it's no more huh yeah i could probably put it back together but it was like seven dollars so i'm not gonna fuck that tripod (laughs) right hashtag fuck that tripod what what company made it i don't even know look it up okay let's look it up so next episode i can be like fuck that company okay we'll do making shitty shit yeah (laughs) right (laughs) new tripod coming in the future if you guys care to know that's right well, 111 previous episodes, like I said, we had Driver, we've had on guys from Shinedown, from Corrosion and Conformity, from Overkill, from Death Angel, from Megadeth, Crowbar, Battlecross, Sons of Texas, Avatar, Great White, Insight, Warrant, Europe, Trickster, we still haven't had anyone on from Firehouse, which I know is a big disdain of yours. We'll get there. But we'll hey, get there. Mine we've too. Had, we've had guys from Soil, from Drowning Pool. Yes. You know, 
Ian Moore, Shooter Jennings, Eric Kluber. We've had all kinds of guys on. Yeah, and we mentioned Fist of Rage earlier. We've Fist had of Rage, on. that's right. We've had on a lot of local people. We mentioned Less Than Human. We've been talking about that for a while. We need to get them on we here. We need to do that. We need to get Modern Myth on here as well. Yes, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, let's do that. I'm, I'm down. All right. Well, this is... This has been a good one. Now I just ran out of things to say. I got one more thing. Okay. Friday, I'm going to see Saxon in Dallas. That's right. Suck it. Who's opening for him? Or hold it. It's a co-headline deal, right? Yeah, I don't know who's on first. Either way, it's Saxon with UFO. UFO and some some acoustic rock guy with three first names is his name. <laughs> I can't remember. James Jared something or Michael James Jared or... I mean, I'm not nothing against him. I haven't ever heard of him. I just I don't know his name yet. Michael it's, Dean Anderson, uh, something like that. You know, uh, Sean Harris Scott. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. Sean William Scott. That guy too. He's there, I think. <laughs> but I'm gonna be there in my denim and leather. Oh man! Can you imagine with the Princess uh, of the Night? <laughs> and she will be there too. Yeah. Can you imagine my big ass and some leather pants? It's happening. That'd Watch be, out. Well, no, you wear the denim for the pants and then the leather for the top. So. Oh, shit. Either way, <laughs> either way, you know, if there's some pictures taken, I'm going to be in trouble. Right. Well, don't miss. I know you don't. You've never paid attention to UFO, but give them a chance, man. They're great. Oh, I'm going to. I'm I saw be them at there. the Vanguard a few years ago. Yeah. And they were badass. Well, why aren't you going, fucker? I'm putting you on the spot now. I've got shit going on yeah. that I can't talk about. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. I'll still be reeling from being stuck in the closet, pissed on by R. Kelly. What do you think? That's right. Or stuck in the closet with Vanna White, whichever. Well, that would be cool. Yeah, you know. Even though she's like 68, I would still be stuck in the closet with her and wouldn't care. Just like Stevie Nicks. <laughs> Had to throw her name in here one more time. That's right. I think this is the end. All right. I think we're done. Okay. Until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground, y'all.